Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Hey, everyone. Before we get started with the show, I'm excited to announce two things. First is that my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, is now live on Amazon. So go get it. The second thing is we have a new sponsor, Qualified.com. I'm going to tell you about them in the next couple seconds here and also how you can get a free copy of my book thanks to them. So who are these people? Well, Qualified is the number one live chat and chatbot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Sales reps can have real-time personalized conversations with who? Your hottest website visitors. So I want you to know, I don't just partner with anyone. I genuinely love these guys and the platform, we use it at my company. Our sales team loves it. We've closed a lot of deals based on it. Um, had a lot of great conversations with prospects too. So, you know, a lot of marketing these days is what? Hurry up and wait, right? Fill out this form. And then if we pass you over to sales, maybe you'll swap six emails with them to find a good time to talk. But what if a prospect is doing research right now and they would chat now? Why not give them the opportunity? So the best part is your company actually decides what leads are worth a live chat. There's a lot of noise out there. You don't want to talk to everyone. So Qualified actually connects to Salesforce and Pardot, and it's able to pull in lead and contact information. So you can specifically know if you're talking to a VIP, a VP, a decision maker. It's really kind of like magic. Now, if you don't know who someone is, well, what happens then, Casey? Well, that's when the bots come in handy. Chatbots can then ask you know, questions to further qualify a lead. Find out if maybe this is someone you do want to talk to. And they can book meetings while your sales team is out. And they can wake up the next morning with a bunch of meetings on their calendar. Now, here's the promo. If you are a company that wants to give your sales team this ability, right, to be able to talk to decision makers right when they're on your website, do this. Go to qualify.com and start a chat, right? They use their own tool, of course. Start a chat. Tell them that Casey sent you. If you have Salesforce Pardot, when you schedule and then do a demo, they will send you a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed. Not bad, right? Well, it's only while supplies last. So hop on this thing today. And that's it for sponsors. Let's get to the show. There it is. And we get to record live from the Studio B in my coronavirus bunker in my home. Hey, welcome everyone. Today's guest is super exciting. I want to introduce him, the birds of a feather. There's a lot of technical expertise here and he brings that to bear in the marketing world. He is at that intersection of marketing and technology um, with a background in both. He's a leader in the industry, in the communications field. He's a thought leader in the marketing space, podcasting, webinars, uh, chief marketing officer at Telco Bridges. Alan Percy, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm uh, hunkered down in my home office here in uh, Orchard Park, New York, and uh, doing our best to try to stay sane. Let's put it that yes. way. Yes. How's the TP situation? You good? Oh, uh, we're we're locked and loaded. We're good <laughs> to go for a while. It's just You're my me, my wife and I, and we we're we're set for a while. Oh, awesome, awesome. Good to hear. Well, with that said, now I guess we can continue because we've got the 
the bare essentials covered. Basics. Well, you forgot <laughs> to ask the question about how's the wine supply holding up. That's how, the problem. How is the wine supply holding up? You know, we might have to resort to drinking, drinking a couple of those bottles of uh, rosé that somebody dropped off at a party. Oh. I don't know. It's getting, we're getting thin. Well, rosé time is one thing, but as long as it's not yellowtail, because <laughs> then you know it's <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> That's right. The end is near. Yeah. Right. So. Come to find out the CMO of Yellowtail is listening to this like, I was a fan. <laughs> Thanks, Casey. Nope. Yeah, yeah, nope. Right. Not anymore. Yep. Lost that lost that listener. But yep. um, you know, we're here. It's our marketing leadership series, getting to pick your brain and learn from you. Um, so one of the things I want to do is just pass you this thing. It's an imaginary Thor's hammer. There's actually yes. a real one in the office, but it's probably covered in coronavirus. So passing you Thor's hammer here. Take okay. that hammer and smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Yep. Drives you crazy. Yep. Well, um, as we were talking in the prep, uh, leading up to this, um, my path, my career path, um, started as a software developer, and I slowly went through sort of the product management and eventually ended up being responsible for a much wider scope within marketing. Uh, and the side effect of that is I, um, I've – I can connect with a lot of the CEOs that I've worked with that have um, started out as engineers themselves. And I've noticed this pattern. Um, One of the things that um, a lot of, a a lot of engineering background CEOs, um, at least in my experience have had is um, thinking like an engineer, they think of marketing as like a giant electrical circuit, which is Mm. where if I put, you know, a bias voltage on this input uh, and then uh, money goes in here then results should come out here. And then, you know, the amount of latency between the inputs and the outputs um, should be measured in microseconds. And um, it's, it's a challenge to work with technical uh, CEOs or, you know, with an engineering background, which is true with a lot of the, as you can imagine, a lot of the startups is to have them understand that, you know, that marketing is not an electrical circuit. Um, mm-hmm. You're dealing with people's emotions. You're dealing with people's feelings and, uh, um, their their thoughts about um, security and safety and is this a wise decision and those things are not necessarily engineering decisions. Um, you're dealing with a much broader thing and it's been a learning experience for me too. So the trick, what I've sort of discovered in in working with this is um, you have to use language to, um, for the engineering folks that they understand. Right, this is you know your KPIs and you know the number of marketing qualified leads and sales qualified leads. Those are all very important. But helping set expectations about, you know, we're going to do these activities, and these activities will slowly start to move um, the needle, you know, like charging a capacitor kind of thinking that right. you know, we're building up goodwill with our customers. And you put it in terms that they can understand, and in a lot of those cases, I think that they feel a lot more comfortable, and I've discovered they feel a lot more comfortable. And um, the second thing I think as we were chatting about was – is Using marketing automation is one of the key elements in in providing a framework that has those metrics in it that they can go and look at. And they can see when we run a webinar, they can see the traffic um, from the webinar. They can see the new prospects that arrive into our Pardot database. They can see uh, the YouTube views spike. They can see the web page um, um, views spike. Um, showing that you know that, that that you know that input, the effort that was made, um, produces some output. Now, obviously, you know, then also talking about you know seven touches to the customer and all these other kinds of things 
to move someone from a marketing qualified lead to a sales qualified lead to eventually to a customer right. um, is uh, all part of the puzzle. So kind Absolutely. of if there was something that was going to smash with that is, is trying to smash through that barrier of thinking that just because I put money in, I should immediately get leads. And, and, and that, that's a pervasive thinking that's hard to get over. Yeah, the circuit mindset. The, yeah. in the, you mentioned you know, the latency should be small. The idea that the loss um, on the circuit should be barely even noticeable without the right. strongest of measurements. Right. Actually, it's kind of more irrational. It's like the most irrational, I don't know, dark matter science yes. that you could possibly imagine yep. because people are making these irrational decisions and then sometimes justifying them with the rationale yep. comes after it. But you're right. We're dealing with humans that he, he don't necessarily always respond the same way you think they would. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's a big piece of it. It's a big piece of it. And then we kind of go another area that I've kind of been um, giving consideration to um, for us is, um, you know, last couple of companies we work for have obviously very constrained marketing budgets. And um, I would have, you know, every marketer would love to work for a company that they just throw, you know, millions of dollars at you and say, go for it, you know. Yeah, and I always am kind of jealous when I go to some, you know, there are some firms in our space who I don't know where they got the money from, but they just go bananas. Um, but we've they got always that gone, VC but, funding, right? They got that. Yeah, it's that VC funding. Cash. Yep. Yeah, the angel funders or something. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's not something that's been part of my experience, and so we've had to come up with uh, marketing strategies that have been very, very cost effective, and and what. Two, there's a couple of things that we've done, um, especially this last couple of years at Telco Bridges that I've done with them that has seemed to really make a big difference. One of them is um, we made a decision to take an early version of the product and to give it away, basically use the freemium business model, just okay. to start to build a pipeline of people who are interested in uh, our kind of software. So we, we branded and started to offer a free session border controller software package, and we, we started to promote it. And as expected, you know, we... We got quite a few takers to give the free software a try, right? Uh, and that started to build, uh, you know, a, a community, right? That we could then go back to when we had a more complete, more full feature software. So that freemium business model seemed to really, really pay off because it really didn't cost us much because the software was mostly done. Um, and if anyone's going to be serious about using it, they're probably going to want to upgrade to the professional version down the road. So right. we just gave it a shot, and it worked spectacularly. I have to admit that. The second element was – Hold on. So, oh, go um, ahead. Yeah, yeah. So freemium model. Was there some concern getting into it that we're just giving this thing away? Oh, there was, yeah. Gobs yeah. of concern. Yeah. Gobs of concern. And honestly, one of the biggest concerns was in if we give the software away, um, are we setting people's expectations correct about how we're going to support them? Right. So we had to be crystal clear with the messaging. This is, you know, this is supported through community support. It's, it's not, um, the general public does not have a perception that they can just call our support line and get hours and hours of support on a free software package. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. What happens when it yeah. doesn't work, but you want them to be successful with it, but you Correct. can't spend a bunch of time with them on Correct. Correct. However, right, there are certain accounts who step forward and when we would see them go by in the downloads, we said that's a strategic account. Um, call them and, and, and offer them a free five hour package or something like that of service to help them get started because we think that they're strategically important. And Smart. then it's 
it's not only have you set our expectations moderately, but you've also exceeded our expectations right out of the shoe. And so that, that seemed to help significantly. Yeah. Like a little Oprah moment. You get support, you get support, yeah, you get support. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. That's smart. Yeah. And it's yeah. not everybody. You're being strategic about it, picking some accounts out of the mix. And Correct. Making yep. their day. That's exactly the, exactly the strategy. Did and then, Go ahead. Uh, yeah, and then I was going to say, and then we moved um, to, okay, now we need to nurture people, right? We got this yeah. list of people who've downloaded this free software or who are tire kicking or maybe, you know, they've moved along uh, and, they're, and they're starting to kind of hover around our messaging. And now we need to start nurturing them. And right. we've, I've always been amazed by the power of webinars, self-hosted webinars. Yeah. Um, and we started a monthly webinar series back when we first launched this, um, this product. Um, and and we've gotten very good at, at executing these things. Myself and our marketing communications um, uh, person in, in the organization, um, every month we crank one out, crank one out. We bring in guests. And what we do is we, we find alliance partners. We find people who need our software, who've leveraged the software. We have them join us as a guest. And the side effect of this is now we not only are sharing our story to our community, but we're sharing the story to their community and we're actually getting more people to join our community through this Alliance um, partner, partner webinar series. And it's just month after month. And in the beginning it was hard. It was hard to get people to join and we had to kind of talk them into it. Uh, ben, you know, twist her arm a little bit to have them join and tell their story. Um, but frankly now 25 months into it, um, pe people are lined up. They, they can't wait to get on it because they know by joining our alliance and joining these events that they're going to get access to a section of our, our community, right? Because they're going to have a registration list for the event that they'll have access to new people and conversely will get access to the part of their community. And this just keeps going, 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 going. And the curve of our new prospects just evenly just goes up and up and up as we go. So it's, and it costs almost nothing. It's, costs True. the cost of a zoom subscription right so it's just some time right and yeah. and doing some post-production and some time um, to be able to do it but um well, well question for you it makes sense if you've got a partner that's joining you especially if they're promoting it to their audience you're doing that cross-promotional marketing right how do you ensure that that your viewers your customers are getting value because i know sometimes sure. partners can come in and just go crazy with their pitch you know, or yes. have just the most boring right. partner webinar ever. How do you keep things to where people continue to want to join them? Yeah, that's a great question. So the the, the key really has to be is um, the prep work, right? You, you can't obviously just, and this is one of the mistakes I see, like at trade shows, for example, they, you know, they let somebody, they give them a, you know, 15 minute time slot in a, in a, in a conference session and they get up there and they just, just all they do is just do their pitch. You know, it starts so with gross. the four who are we slides and yeah. then it just goes into a pure pitch. And I, I always make sure when we sit down with the, the customer or the partner that, you know, there's a specific use case we're going to talk about here. There's a challenge or a problem in the market. And let's talk about that first. And then let's talk about how to solve it. And so this how to is a critical piece of what makes it searchable and have value and get legs on YouTube, you know, down downstream, so it gets to be a long tail uh, recording. It's right. just got to be some how-to content. So this is not just 
you know, how to buy our stuff, but instead it's how to solve this problem. And let's, let's make sure that the content's about that. And then sometimes I got to be honest with some of the Alliance partners, I have kind of got it rough with them and say, no, 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 you're not doing a product pitch here. Mm. We're, we're trying to teach, we're trying to teach people how to solve a specific problem. And, and I just want to take that one step further because wrangling vendors to make sure you're serving your audience, it, are there certain questions you like how do you set that relationship up for success the expectations with that partner because you're just going to do this webinar together or that customer this webinar together you don't want them to right. pitch are there certain things you ask them to answer or address how do you how yeah because cra crafting that show is like really that's the magic yeah yeah no that's a good question so how do you how do you um kind of keep it within the guardrails as i yeah. as i like to say is um I, a lot of times, uh, sometimes I'll point into some of the past events that we've done and, Smart, and yeah. or when if we first start talking about it, I say, let me just tell how these work. Generally, what happens is, you know, we talk about a challenge for the first third and then this next third is we talk about how to solve it. And then at the end, I leave you some time to talk about your product that goes with it. Um, because I, I know when I watch the viewership and you watch over timeline, people listen to the beginning you know, you obviously you have the maximum viewership at the beginning of the event, and then you get about a, a third of the way down, you lose a little bit, and then you get another third of the way, you lose a little bit more. And that's a pattern that I can see in the viewership history. So, true. Yeah. so that by telling them the how to before you get to the halfway point or the two thirds point, you kind of got the message across. And then at that point, you've delivered the knowledge, the education part of the story, so that then you know, they'll probably come back and listen to the, you know, the, the pitch, maybe if they really were curious or not. And about a third of the people will stick around and listen to the, to the pitch at the end because they want to hear the Q and a, right. Right. And what I think happens a lot of cases is that they, you know, they listen to the beginning part live and then they come back later and they listen on the recording. We're religious about the recordings go out the next day, always like clockwork. They're always on YouTube. We try to get them to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And by listening to that recording, that's usually the, what they skip to the to the um, Q and A because they want to hear the Q and A. There's a lot of value usually in that for them. And so people have grown to really get some value out of that Q and A, and they actually stick around to get to that part. That part, right? Exactly, exactly. Because wow. there's got to be some magic at the end that's worth sticking around for. So, right. Maybe I'm giving away all my secrets here. I don't know. That's the idea. Hey, welcome <laughs> to the show, Al. That's fantastic. Exactly. Don't give them all away. But I, yeah, I think on this particular topic, yeah. you're right. Webinars, and it's it's very timely to right now too. Yes. Because right. there are, there are no conferences. You know, there it's are no conferences. Virtual, right. and if you're comfortable in that virtual space, but to your point, if you created a show, if you created a format that delivers value, that's awesome. But I think sometimes people, I'm mean, I've been part of webinars that were terrible they were boring yeah. and yep. they were self-serving and uh, it was yep. gross um but th yep. this sounds interactive and lively recordings go out the next day and you like the idea of youtube to try yes. to build that subscriber channel are you yeah are you do that versus like well, one of those tools like a wistia or vidyard sure sure yeah no it's interesting um matter of fact a previous engagement we, we made a decision uh, a few years ago, like four years ago, we did made a decision that we didn't, we weren't just going to give the content away that instead we were going to use Wistia. We actually did use Wistia. And the, the strategy was um, to, um, to try to measure everything, right. To measure yeah. um, not only the live event, but I wanted to measure, you know, who was watching the recordings and how many minutes and how long, and then push all that into the market, into, and it 
particular account was in HubSpot. And so we could use um, yeah. HubSpot to track all this. And so we could say if you watched more than 20 minutes of the recording, then you, you, know, you earned so many points in uh, HubSpot um, sure. to you know, continue the qualification process. Um, th this particular situation, we, ca we kind of decided that the search uh, in the social part of YouTube was more valuable to us than, it w than necessarily knowing how many minutes they watched. So um, it's a different strategy. It was, uh, admittedly, it was probably kind of bold, right? To just say, you know what? Yeah. Um, we're not going to use one of the, you know, the Wistia type of, of platforms instead. We're going to just throw it out on YouTube. And, and you're absolutely right. When somebody searches for one of the, you know, we have to be very careful about the titles of the events so that they search really well. So when they search for the term and they watch that video, we have no idea who it is. But we, but by sprinkling some links, in the videos, you know, you can hopefully get somebody over to your, your library of other content and get right. them to identify themselves as to who they are. Um, Do you get the and, sense that that's working? It's worth that. I mean, you, to your point, not everything's a computer chip. Not everything's a, an, an electrode or, you know, yeah, you can't measure exactly. everything. So it sounds like you yeah, should read yourself yep. from, I mean, YouTube stats or whatever they are, you know, kind of just. Right, like, right. And half right. the views are me, you know, yep. looking, looking yep. at our video. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it's a little bit of a Hail Mary, right? Yeah. It's, um, it's something that's new for, you know, especially this last couple of years of this, this series. We've just kind of said, well, let's give it a shot. Let's throw it out there and see what, um, what comes of it. And, um, admittedly i would love to know for every one of these videos that we push out you know exactly who watched it how many minutes they watched it where do they stop where do they start right. insert you know um gates in the middle of the video yeah, those are capture. really really yeah, those are really cool tools um but we you know we just kind of made a strategic decision that you know let's just let's build make people feel comfortable and then um especially honestly that the community we've been dealing with um with this particular software package is a there's a lot of open source folks in the community yeah. and you throw, you throw a lead scrape gate up in front of anything and they will not go through. You yeah. Know, very resistant right? to that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. So you know, uh, do you have other things that are gated or for this particular company and market and audience, you're going more of that freemium ungated. Yeah. So we do, we have uh, other content that's gated. Um, we, for example, we'll take all the analyst reports um, you know, the high value analyst reports, um, those we've got gated. Uh, we, um, we also gated, we call it the video library, which is a neatly, nicely organized collection of, of videos. And some of those videos that are in the video library are not um, visible. You know, they're unlisted on YouTube. Um, and so by structuring that and putting a gate in front of that, and when we promote the video library, they have to go through a gate to get to, to the library. Even though, tell you the truth, 80% of that's right on YouTube. They could just go to YouTube and yeah. find it. But you'd be surprised. No one's people, listening, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but you'd be surprised. People go through, you know, they, they fill in the information. You go through the gate. Yeah. Um, and that just helps us know, you know, who's coming, what are they looking at. Um, uh, but again, you know, we still, the, the big thing is, is the freemium software. That's where, that's, you know, they come to download the software. There's a big gate on that one. There's a lot yeah. of qualifying questions on that gate. And that's um, that is you know that's the primary place of where new, new you know uh, MQLs come from. Got it. Because you're offering something so much value, it's it's right. 
it's not a white paper. It's like it's software. No. It and works. we're talking, you know, we're talking a couple hundred megabytes of software is going to download as soon as it hits submit. So, so you're asking the questions up front to find yes. out how, to your point, if you want to identify them as one of those ones you want to go after. Yep. Offer a little yep. bit more to. Yep. Do you ever get anyone just going crazy on that form and saying that they have like a billion just yeah, to well you know it's funny we, we get um there's a couple of guys out there that are aaaa at aaaa.com you know but we you know the the yeah. form screens a lot of that crap out and sort of right. says come on dude please you know you need a real email address and they'll throw up a you know temporary email address i mean if you fiddle with it but the software expires if they don't come and renew it and so you know it's yeah it's if somebody's not willing to identify themselves and probably not a real prospect anyhow exactly not at that point time. college kid or something like that whatever it doesn't bother us right so. and hey good on them maybe they, you should go right to hr if you're you're a college kid and you're downloading our couple hundred megabytes of uh software <laughs> on your on your free time then yeah. we probably should talk we should yeah yep, yep. so yeah. the in, the reason the freemium came up is because we were talking about things that had that high return for a low spend Right. Knowing that you have to really get in there, target, get efficient. I've heard freemium model webinars. Anything else in, in your your power pack? Yeah. So we um we've dabbled with a couple of media types too, right? So we did some um, podcasts for uh, um, last year. We did a collection of them, and we're do, trying to do them on a regular basis. Um, that's str- we're struggling with just allocating the time to do some yeah. of those the podcasts but we do them we do them with some of the media outlets we do them obviously we're spending our time with you here today yeah uh we we've got our own little um, podcast channel we call the uh, telecom disruptors and the idea nice. with that was to find people who've done something that's really disrupted the market and yeah and, and to interview them um to kind of memorialize this is almost kind of a personal project for me i i, I I worry there's enough of the guys in our industry. You know, we change in the telecommunication space. If you go back 20 years ago, you know, it would cost you 50 cents a minute to call um, cross country. Heaven forbid you wanted to call London or England or Israel. You know, it was crazy expensive right. you know, 30 years ago. So in this last you know generation, we've converted from that to everything's basically free. Completely changed um, the telecommunications industry, gone from a voice-only experience to obviously this multi-party video uh, collaboration environment. Um, and there's people that made this happen. There are key people in this process that made this all come to fruition. So we wanted to capture some of their stories before they got on their sailboat and disappeared over the sunset. Right, <laughs> some, right, right. some of these people made a crap load of money, or they just said, "I'm done. I'm out." You know, they're. Um, knocking on 60 some odd years old and they're done so i just thought it would be fun to capture these people i've got you know a personal network of folks in this industry and so we started this podcast it's been a lot of fun and um, we have some good giggles and one of the last ones we just did with um one of the leaders in the open source space um we tried doing it in just a little something different we um, jumped in the car together and he was um, actually giving me a ride to the airport Hmm. in london and we had this great conversation of uh, geeks and cars so we uh really just trying something different you know just yeah. to kind of stir things up yeah yeah that's fun i i enjoy podcasting too um and i think sometimes it's the relationships you get out of it um yeah. as well as you know you hope people are listening learning the branding but to your point it's it's probably the least 
trackable other than radio advertising, right? But at least maybe you can target right. geos with that. It, it's it's so hard to really pinpoint an actual ROI in a lot of cases. Right. right. Yep. Another thing, I by the way, I jotted down something I wanted to um, just yeah. throw in here too is yeah, yeah. Um, trade show prep. You know, we we do a handful of trade shows every year, and this is in, in, in our industry has got a handful of repeats. And one of the things I see. It, it just it makes it makes my blood boil sometimes is to watch people go to a trade show who've not prepped for it mm. you know, they've not reached out to the customers they've not set up meetings they've not prepared a calendar or schedule they've not looked at the conference schedules and figured out there's a couple of sessions that i want to use to improve myself um instead they just show up unprepared um and it's just a you know giant cash burn for the for the marketing team um and i you know for the last i don't know how many years since i've been responsible for doing uh, managing trade shows for the last um 15 years have just tried so hard to help set um the those that are participating in a trade show as an exhibitor to have a plan you know i will we want to see a list of who's who are you going to be meeting with how do you, you know, who have you reached out to? It's not always just up to marketing to set the meetings up. The salespeople who are attending these events need to schedule of meetings, um, publish the schedule to the marketing people so we can have um, a conference room ready for them or have the right material in a folder ready for them. So when right. they arrive, there's a name, their name is on a folder, right, Ooh. of the material that's ready for them so that they feel welcome. And if you say, you know what, this guy's a big espresso um person I, I you know i could have an espresso ready to go those those kinds of things oh i love that so you know being prepared especially this big big expensive trade shows one of the big ones in our industry is called mo world congress which they canceled this year um you know it's one hundred nine thousand people uh, at an event and it's you know it's a hundred and some odd thousand dollars just for the space Jeez, yeah. and you know every meeting counts in maximizing the efficiency and the time of everybody that's there is so critically important because it's so expensive um so having you know a routine to prep everybody for the event uh you know the salespeople and the marketing people that are going to the event is critically important and um can make make or break a budget yeah so for, for a lot of companies that's that's the big spend yeah you know it is you, go, you is. go crazy the the booth if you got a booth even if you don't have a booth you're and if you're sending like eight people there yep. and especially if you get those badges I don't, I don't know how it is um for mobile world congress but like sometimes even just to attend is expensive oh yeah 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 some of the um some of the conferences um, you know, we've, we've figured out ways of using some of our alliances, which is another use for the alliances too, by the way, right. To find a, you know, a way to keep the costs under control. Um, but, but you're right. I mean, it could be, it could be a thousand dollars a person to just walk a show. Um, I know. Right. And, and uh, what are you doing with a thousand bucks? You know, what, what's the plan? Who are you going to meet with? How are you reaching out to these people? And, and, you know, the marketing folks could do that broad umbrella kind of scattershot. Hey, we're going to the event. Hey, this is what we got going. Hey, this is don't miss this session. Don't miss this new demo that we're doing in the event or something like that. But when it comes right down to it, you want to have, you know, want to have meetings with prospects and customers because this is one of the rare times you might have the CEO, you might have the product management people, you might have uh, the account manager all in the same spot with the account. So why not make it into a really high quality meeting, uh, dinner meeting or um, an afternoon, you know, um, 
visit at the bar, whatever, just to maximize it. That's the thing. Absolutely. I love the idea of the alliances to keep it under control. Every meeting counts. It's like you're literally giving someone a thousand dollars in cash and you're like, okay, yeah. cool. What are we going to do with that? How are yeah, we going to make that definitely. into more? Exactly. You know, it's an investment. If, if you had to distill down like your, your top five, you know, ninja ways of preparing, yeah, the, the best ways to prepare for a conference, um, marketing and sales, both, whatever, just the most powerful ways you can prepare. What would, yeah. what would you say some of those might be? I think, well, one of the things, a lot of the conferences, there are um, guerrilla ways of getting to find out who's going to the event. Um, that's one thing, right? So you can look at, well, first of all, you can just look at who are the exhibitors, and then you kind of match that up with your, you know, your prospect database. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's one obvious one. The other thing is you going through and trolling through, see who the speakers are, and then trying to match those up with, you know, who's in your database, who can you reach out to, um, and then you know you can you can troll people, right? Oh, you know, I saw you know John Adams is going to be um, doing uh, you know a, a session on a particular topic. Go to LinkedIn, you know, um, say you know, connect with them. Say, hey, you see, you're going to the event. Um, you know, we're, we've got a lot of interest in that particular topic or space. Um, as long as you don't just do the cold LinkedIn, um, connect with me. I'm in your generic industry. We should be connected yeah, kind right. of email. If it's specific, you know, you, I see you're going to this event. We're going to be at the event too. We'd like to learn more about what your company does. Um, and you, and you start with that kind of, I'm on a receiving mode. You yeah. probably get an accept for the person, and then, and at that point, listen, listen. Do they have something yeah. of value that they can help you? And then conversely, then then respond with, you know, maybe there's a way you can help them. Um, and those those mechanisms, you know, generally lead to good relationships. Matter of fact, we just closed an account a few weeks ago that was born out of that kind of work. Really? Um, and it's probably going to be one of our big, bigger significant customers. Exactly that kind of methodology. It was born out of the LinkedIn approach and the out of the CTO was speaking at a conference, and oh, so wow. I know he's going to be there. So if I stand at the back of the room uh, after you know doing the LinkedIn approach, and then stand at the back of the room and 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 introduce myself, right? Then you can uh, you know I think I think you got a problem I might be able to help you with kind yeah. of solution. Um, it it works. It works. Wow, and that but that prep made it not just you harassing him after he's done speaking. Right. Is oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, we uh, we yeah. Saw, we exchanged some messages. Right. Hey, great job. I really loved it. Yep. Let's get some coffee. Yep. You know. Yes, exactly. Right. right. Awesome. Those kinds of tools. Um, any other power tips in terms of the conference prep? <laughs> it, I, I, so, I I get the sense that like you are so far above a lot of other people in this yeah. that uh, there's got there's some the nuggets in there that I mean, yeah, they've already yeah, been coming yeah, out yeah. too. So. Right, right, right. So matter of fact, a young gal that I've been working with, um, trying to help her for career things, friend of a friend kind of things. When um, yeah. we were chatting about a couple things i said one of the things that she was getting into event management and i said um i'll tell you one thing i did you know some events management you know as you kind of work your way through this you obviously you do a little everything right i said the number one thing is setting your team's expectations as an event manager setting expectations and then deliberately beating them right so the idea being is you develop a plan for the event you you have you understand exactly what's going to happen. You understand what pieces and moving parts there are, what the goals and objectives are of the event, and then you make sure that everybody who's participating in the event 
whether directly or indirectly, right? Because there's sometimes mm -hmm. there's people who are hangers on, know exactly what's going to happen. Um, and I, I give you a couple stumbling blocks, for example. There was one scenario, there was one situation where there was a new global VP of sales, and I was sending out these notes, you know, hey, um, our, our events person's got everything ready to go. You just need to go click on this link and register yourself for the event. Here's the code. It won't cost you anything, but you need to, you know, your food allergies and that kind of questions that I can't answer for you, right? Mm -hmm. So sure enough, the new, new senior VP of sales didn't, didn't do it and showed up, and of course, there's no badge for him, right? right? So he's a little perturbed, right? And it was kind of one of those, uh, I should have known better, right? But you do your best, right? You try to yep. help people know exactly step one, step two, step three, exactly what they're supposed to be doing to um, make sure they know what is going to happen so that then when they get to the event, there's no surprise. And yeah. if anything, you you surprise them with something they didn't expect. Um, you know, we had a little bit of money left over, so I hired the ice cream machine to come in our booth for the last day. Mm. Wow, we didn't know that, you know. It was just, you know, kind of a little, a little extra, extra surprise. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I find so. the surprise, the surprises are, like to your point, when you beat expectations, it just it just creates a moment. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. So you know, yeah. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say. So I've dug deep into my secret sauce. <laughs> I'm expecting all this here, Casey, yeah. knowledge from you. I've gone from a Padawan and soon to be a Jedi. Um, yeah. You know, the last question I had for you was around aligning with sales and marketing, and just yeah, probably the question overall in general, but also maybe even starting at the events. And then sort right. of moving into how do you stay aligned overall with your right. That's a great question. And, it, it, and we were kind of kicking this around um, a few days ago. But one one area uh, I've I personally run into, and I saw a presentation at one of our conferences this last um, month. I'm trying to think of what, what month is it? This last month was I don't know, uh, about the importance yet? of aligning. <laughs> I know. I know. Is it is this over yet? Yeah was about aligning um, the sales and marketing teams and um, the importance of trying to keep them aligned. And, I, and as soon as I was going through this presentation, it's like, oh my God, that's, that's why one of those previous relationships was just such a disaster. Um, because in that situation, um, the general marketing team reported up to a VP and then the VP would go to the um, sales call and would have maybe like five minutes um, to report sort of what's happening on a quarterly basis or something like that. It was like trivial overlap or communication. And and in that situation, there was a lot of finger pointing. Well, you know, these leads all suck. And, you know, how come no one's following up on these leads? We did all this work. We got all in this database. And how come no one's calling on them? There's no notes in here. You know, it's back and forth and back and forth. So one of the things I, I made a conscious decision with the current engagement is, is that every week there's a revenue call. I'm on that call every week. I listen to what's going on. From the sales standpoint, 90% of the time, I, there's not much I can do to help them because um, they're dealing with, you know, not having money or not having this, not having that. But at the end of the call, there's always, okay, let me tell you what's coming from marketing. Let me show you where we are in our plan. Let me show you what, what events to expect. Let me tell you the results from the event we just ran. This is what you're seeing when you're seeing these new leads trickle through uh, through our Pardot and Salesforce database. This is why they, they showed up, you know. So you can have an intelligence conversation with these people. You know, you're you're not surprised by all of a sudden. Oh, oh, I didn't know we did that kind of thing. Right. 
And, so it's that, it's um, that chance to just, you're listening, you're learning, you're absorbing, but you just drop in a couple marketing nuggets at the end yep, of that every time. Yep, exactly, exactly. And that seems to drastically improve um, the relationship. There's there's far fewer surprises. There's a lot less of the finger pointing. Um, it's a much, much, much better relationship. And so I, I would encourage every organization that if there's a, you know, a periodic revenue or sales call, whatever it is, is that there's a, there's a marketing module at every one of them. You got to go quick. You got to make it simple. Don't get into all the KPIs and nitty gritties and stuff like that, but just um, show, tell them what's coming, tell them what you just did and to give them a new, basically give them a new uh, arrow for their quiver. That's, that's the key thing. Yeah. Okay. Got this new case study, got a new white paper. We're putting up this new press release, right? It's a new arrow for their quiver. New arrow. I like that. Putting, arrows just giving them giving them some weapons giving them some yep. some yep. ammo every time that's cool yep. i like that yep. and the discipline of joining that call and you know serving another team as opposed to just always being about yourself but then at the end dropping some ammo that they could use as opposed yeah, to exactly. you're right the, the self-serving kpis oh marketing did blah 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 don't care not listening blah 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 but yep. no oh I, new case study i could send to customers that are facing migrations and doing this and that right. oh okay very cool okay right. And just right. maybe, maybe they might actually use it then and, and, and get some content activa- activation going, not just creation. Correct. Yep, exactly. Well, this is, yep. this is awesome. You are a sage of all things. I could see how <laughs> just, just by having some conversations, just the, the experiences are flying over here. So my, real, my next question is, who are you? <laughs> yeah, who am <laughs> who are you? How did you become this wizard of the high seas? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. We just were talking about uh, I, I did not get into this role from a traditional path, this, any stretch of the imagination. I mean, I wrote software for 20 years. I loved writing embedded software for the first huge chunk of my career. Um, and I caught a bug when I was um, actually uh, out doing field software development for, uh, for uh, a company, you know, going out to the customer site. Yeah. I kind of fell in love with the whole, I, you know, I would like to get out. I'd like to travel. I'd like to go um, far off places and meet new and interesting people. And um, that led me to product management. And then the product management led me to uh, more product marketing. And then um, just trying to watch some people that were very successful in their marketing role and, and emulate some of what they've been doing uh, eventually, you know, got me to where I am now. It, it's 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 a slow evolution of some 30 almost 40 years in a career yeah but it's uh you know it's it's about paying attention to your surroundings and watching people that are successful and 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 just you know no good idea goes unstolen let's let's put it that way sure sure you heard it here on the podcast right so so you started out in in the the tech space um how has that helped you in the in the marketing world how has that yeah, no, it's a good question. So the um, interestingly, though, a lot of the the methods of that we developed software, you know, twenty years ago are completely obsolete now. But so you know, it's no toys about it. I could not sit down at a desk at this point with a software engineer and develop software. The tools are totally different. Languages are totally different. You don't use punch cards anymore, Alan. No, no, that's long gone. Even the you know the uh, the green <laughs> screens are long gone too. But but I will say, that, you know, some of the things never change. You know, for example. Um, Project management skills, right? Knowing sure. you know, how, why are, why are we allocating resources? What, you know, how do we put this together in a Gantt chart? How do we set expectations to the market based on the resources that we've got? Um, bug tracking, um, you know, all the methodologies that are used to manage the process 
um, folds into the marketing message because I can't announce something to the market if I know it's at risk from the development standpoint. Right. So being able to clue in to and get those little subtle um, messages sometimes from the development team is important. Um, and I think that's probably helped me a lot. And also, too, of course, knowing the technology that we're promoting, understanding how it works, because I've been in the same industry long enough, definitely helps. You know, that, you know, there's definitely technical terms that, you know, if, if used incorrectly, you sound like an idiot, you know. Right. <laughs> so, and knowing the right terms and having the right. And it also helps right, land speaking sessions, right, if you've got some technical background and you've got experience in actually doing it as opposed to um, just talking about it. Yeah, it can be tough if you're just talking and you've got a lot of hot air. But if you're, if you're used, I think, I think the technical background, you're used to going in deep Correct. on areas. Yep. You yep. can kind of yep. harvest that. And but you also, yeah, but you also have to know your limits too, right? Um, yeah. There's, you know, I work with some people who you know, know the technology inside out. And the trick is to, is to leverage them. Um, but don't fake it, right? Yeah. It's, um, hey, listen, I know it to this point. After that, we got to pull somebody in. Yep. And uh, don't fake it. That's for sure. So. Yeah, faking it. I remember once listening to uh, it was an interview process for a laser. It was like a laser company. They did lasers and spectroscopy, and and wow. they had interviewed different people. And one, I was interviewing for a job there early on in the day before I was in human marketing, and they were teach you something and then how do you teach it back to them so teach yeah. teach a bunch of phds all about what they've been studying for like 15 years holy moly after yeah. they've you know only shared with you for maybe an hour what you should know um, yeah and i remember it was myself and this uh I think it was like a police officer or someone um we were both kind of the finalists there and they went with me over the other guy because when it, they started asking q and a <laughs> if he didn't know the answer, he kind of just made it up. Yeah. And something I like making up answers too. But in this particular situation, I was like, I'm just not going to say anything. I'm just going to, you know, if I don't know the answer, like that's a great question. Let me find out. Yeah. As opposed yeah, yeah. to blah blah blah, science wrong, science wrong, and right. uh, and just trying to making it up. You, you gotta you gotta go in, know the details, and be okay with not knowing what the answer is. Yeah. It's a lot easier to just admit, you know, up front than get caught later. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 Isn't that true? For sure. So what, what, in, in the spare time, I think we were chatting earlier, you, sure. you uh, spend time in the scouts. Yes, I do. I'm, in fact, I'm very active in uh, our local uh, scout council, the Greater Niagara Frontier Scout Council here. As a matter of fact, um, uh, yesterday I was on a conference call with people and I kind of explained, I said, you see that top shelf? That's all scouting stuff. This is all my technical books. And then this is all my travel books. So that's me in a nutshell is these three shelves. I spend uh, a lot of time uh, on scouting activities. We run a, a canoeing program here, you know, right here in, in the Western New York, Buffalo area. We're right in the Canadian border. So we yeah. um, have a canoeing program. We take scouts up into uh, up in Algonquin Provincial Park every summer. We take about 100 or so every summer to spend uh, a week in a, on a uh, canoe trip. And wow. um, yeah, it's a lot of fun and it. It produces, um, I think, a great experience for a lot of these young men and women now that um, when I go to their um, boards of review or we go to their um, Eagle courts where they're being honored for their work, to hear them say that, you know, the highlight of all their whole scouting career was that canoe trip or was their backpacking trip or whatever it is. Um, it keeps me going. My two boys both made it to Eagle. They're they're wow. both um, long since out of it, 
but it's um it's a great experience i enjoy it and uh, now, now did you do it yourself you out of trouble i did yeah when i was in um uh well you know middle school high school um was a scout i never made it all the way to eagle but i um i certainly left an impression on me yeah um as as i went through it and, and then uh when my older my older son got to the right age he kind of got signed up in cub scouts and yep. did the pinewood derby thing and did the uh uh summer camps right yeah um yeah absolutely i think one of the his favorite ones was the western themed one when we we made a big wooden wagon oh the, like the, the chuck, camp chuck wood or the yeah like a big chuck wagon yeah, chuck wagon yeah covered derby, wagon yeah. Yeah, so we had a lot of fun. Of course, um, you know, as the years go on, then you eventually get into much, you know, obviously high adventure activities and yeah. spent 11 days backpacking with them out in uh, Philmont Scout Ranch out in New Mexico. And wow, I have, I've never been to Philmont. I've heard a lot of things about it, though. Yeah, yeah it's a great experience. Life-changing, life-changing. Now, uh, if I go and get my knees back, it'd be another uh, story. <laughs> That's the thing. Right? So, yeah. Man. Yeah. It's not the uphill that kills you. It's the downhill. It's the downhill that kills you. It's the walk down from the tooth of time. It's yeah. it's punishing. Yeah. Jeez, jeez. You know, you yeah. mentioned the Pinewood Derby, and and I was just doing that recently with my son, John. He's a Tiger Cup, so he's like yeah into the new into the thing, and it was a nice balance of like, Dad wants to have fun and help make this car cool, because I remember being a kid and and my dad <laughs> helping out with that. But then also, okay, it's you know it's his car. Let him. Right. do his thing right. and um yeah so uh we actually yep. got it um you know his, his color his design and and we got it all smooth and amazing now i may have ordered a little tungsten weights to, to go into the, yeah. to the proper placement <laughs> of the car from some blog reading but yeah right right it's a nice balance but you know what the, we had our impound night was our last uh, pack meeting and then oh, good. this thing happened so our cars oh, have been impounded no. yeah, somewhere, right. and yeah. and no race yet. Uh, we'll, we'll look forward awful. to that though. When, when the sort of the yeah. dust settles here, we'll be able to yeah. go yeah. out and do that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it, but yeah, you're right. All those Pinewood Derby events got canceled. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, we're worried about our summer, obviously. Yeah, you know, yeah. We're worried about our summer program and. We're still buying food and doing the reservations and all the paperwork to get the scouts up there this summer, but um, we're crossing our fingers that by July or August. Oh, not summer camp, like the, the Algonquin trip. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. In, in July and August. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll make do, and then and of course, you know, our industry, telecommunication industry, is doing its best to help people through yeah. this time right you know, and obviously yeah, platforms it. like we're on zoom today and yeah. some of the other platforms are are seeing you know unprecedented growth in their subscribers and uh usage um and it's it, if anything i i've been posted out a couple of tweets when we get some metrics back from our customers you know we've been tweeting out with a hashtag is that you know telecoms is hashtag part of the solution yeah so just just want to recognize the you know the investment work that went into some of the stuff that now we didn't know this was coming um but how it's benefited keeping families connected together you know letting medical professionals communicate with their with their patients remotely right. and keeping people safe and um and healthy right mental health too sure so oh, um, we're just lucky that we've we're in a situation where we have this kind of infrastructure today because 10 years ago it would have been you think about it it would have been ugly it, oh yeah it been much worse Ch tell people to stay home and not have face time and not have video calling and not have 
conference calls and those kinds of things. And be stuck with the crummy stuff on TV. And yeah. I think we, at least we had Netflix, but man, could you imagine, you know, no, no, no. no Disney plus, no Netflix. No, and I we're know. just on dial up modems, you know, and having to stay at home. Oh my goodness. You have mail. Yeah. Oh my God. I have mail. Great. Or, or, or imagine back if this happened back in the day when AOL was still charging per hour. Oh yes. Oh my God. Everyone loses money except for AOL. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Quadrupled their stock or something. Right. 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 Wow. Yeah. You're right. It is, it is um, fortuitous timing to, to be in in a time where telecom industry has really gotten us to a point where we can have these virtual conversations and get our social you know, our social needs and wants connection. Um, Yesterday was actually my son's birthday. And um, my wife did this amazing thing where she lined it up where um, grandparents and friends of the family and other people, every, every hour, someone FaceTimed my son. Oh, nice. Couldn't do the party at the fun world place, but you know, we can at least um, have people calling in that way. So. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, that's, um, it make it makes a um, a crummy situation as good as possible. Let's put it that way. Yeah. 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 You gotta make as much lemonade as you can, right? For yeah. Sure. Well, sure. well, tell me where can people connect with you if they want to reach out. Learn sure. Yeah. No, I'm pr- I'm very active on, on LinkedIn. Um, you just search for me. It's Alan D. Is David Percy. Um, okay. you just search for that, and you'll find me. There's another Alan Percy. Is a doctor in Chicago. That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> not me. Yeah, or if they want to drop an e- drop an email to me, um, my uh, Telco Bridges email is alan.percy, P-E-R-C-Y, at telcobridges.com. And I'd be happy to, you know, connect with folks, look forward to it. And uh, always, you know, I love swapping stories and sharing ideas. Yeah. And, and it's always, um, that's all how, how we stay sane. It is, it is. And, and if you're going to do that, people, don't be a creeper. Yes. Or suspected B2B lead gen person. Uh, yes, those they, hey, drive me on nuts. The podcast. Oh, don't they? <laughs> oh, they drive me nuts. No one's original. No, no. And in fact, I, I, I tell you a quick story before we finish yeah, yeah, up yeah. here. I was on a flight um, uh, a couple years ago, and I was sitting next to a gal, um, young, young gal, was a college student, and she pulled out her, her um, textbook. Um, was on marketing automation and i had just read the same book you know what? i had just read the same book what book is it a textbook uh yeah it's textbook on marketing automation yeah um and wow. uh somewhere in that shelf behind me okay. but i cool. so i uh struck a conversation with her about it and and she said oh yeah, yeah we just got to um the you know how to use social media module and of course the book was a little out of date right? yeah yeah from, from <laughs> i was gonna say textbook yeah the textbook was a little out of date so she said, yeah, her professor had just told her this. Um, um, they're supposed to do this routine where they're supposed to reach out to all the people in their industry, in, in a particular industry, and um, get connected to them on LinkedIn. And I said, oh, that's where all those LinkedIn, you know, you get those LinkedIn invitations from says, hey, um, I noticed we're in the same industry. We should connect. Um, and it's, uh. clearly this young person is, you know, a generation and a half younger than me. Right. <laughs> they don't even tell what industry they're in. They're just in the same industry, whatever that is. Right. And there's no personal connection information whatsoever. It's no like, oh, we, we crossed paths at this trade show or I was on your webinar or I was listening to one of your podcasts or nothing, no connection whatsoever. Yes. And now I just, I ignore all those. If you yeah. don't tell me where you've crossed paths with me, goodbye. Absolutely. Um, 
unless you have like prince in your name or <laughs> duke of something in your name you, goodbye right so, and and uh, by the way if their headline that you can barely see a glimpse of says we help b2b companies generate more leads yes sending you a message you're the lead <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> connection exactly. you're a lead now you're yeah, not yeah. uh you're just yep. out of connection. Uh, yeah, no, those are if it's business development and then their title or any one of those things, it's just goodbye. So it's sad. It's sad that we have to do that. And uh, and for years with LinkedIn, it was nice because you could be able to, you know, you could really genuinely build a community, right? Yeah. And uh, um, it's gotten a little, it's gotten a little um, messy. Say the word. Pretty sure there's a level in Dante's uh, Hell 2.0. There is for linkedin spammers yeah linkedin spammers right down there along with by the way the skype spammers they're down there too oh geez yeah i got yeah. rid of skype i replaced it with slack yeah. but um yeah, yeah i hear you they were the right. worst oh get out of here yep so Crazy. anyway but yes i obviously love if folks want to reach out i'd be happy to just say you know caught me on on uh on casey's um podcast and i'd be happy to um share thoughts and all with people yeah 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 share experiences and next trade show um you know it'd be worth even just swinging by checking out your booth to really learn from what you've prepared yeah i can't wait for a trade show i know (laughs) i know me too man me too i was like come on get me one i could buy a drink for somebody it'll be like a momentous occasion put me in coach can i shake your hand are you okay are we good with that now right right maybe next year yeah, um, well, I was at an event in Mo- the first week of March in London, and it was all elbow bumps. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Really? First yeah. week in March. So first week of March, kind of yeah. toward the tail end. Of right that. at the tail end of it, and we yeah. all snuck out of there and did, whew, you know. Wow. Yeah. You know, um, family and I uh, did a cruise last week in February for school break. Wow. It was like it was great. Yeah. No big deal. We washed our hands all the time. And they, they, they're good about it. They have this hand sanitizers and stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. It's sure. fine. But yeah, the idea of being stuck on a cruise ship, I could think of worse, <laughs> worse things. Unless everyone's sick and it's moving around a lot. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. I, I'll, be at the, I'll be at the Lido deck. I'll be at the pool. Right. Like, get right. some more drinks today. Oh, shucks. Well, then they lock it down, though. That's what's like, oh, boy. That's that true. room would get pretty small pretty quick. Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah. And their TV is yeah. terrible. So, yeah. Uh, another. Yikes. Yeah bunch of channels selling you things that old people buy so <laughs> yeah yeah well this has been great man i mean yeah coming on here just i hey appreciate you having me and it's really good getting get to know you and i i can't wait to get to meet some of your community yeah absolutely i mean this has been fantastic i've learned a whole bunch and uh for those out there listening if you've learned something and i know you have because i literally have two pages of notes over here then share this episode with someone be a thought leader one yeah. person, two people, yeah. thousand people. Just share information. Be the person that that teaches other other people what you've learned. So get this out there. And again, Alan, thanks again for coming on here and, and hacking it up. Great. Look forward to hopefully doing a follow up someday. Absolutely, and in person one day. One yeah, day, fingers crossed. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again. And and for those listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We'll catch you all next time. All right. A big thank you to today's sponsors. Cheshire Impact, helping marketers and sales win, maximizing the use of Pardot and Salesforce. And a big thank you to Qualified.com, the number one live chat and chat bot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Remember the giveaway. If you have Salesforce Pardot and you want a free copy of my book, 
Marketing Automation Unleashed, then you go over to qualified.com, engage in a chat, do a demo, and tell them that Casey sent you, and that book will be on its way to your door. All right, we'll see you all in the next one.